You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. Listening to Equity One, a podcast where two friends chat about life, theater, and everything in between. I'm Elliot Maddox. And I'm Caleb Dickey. Join us for your Equity One. All right, welcome to this week's episode of Woo! Equity One. We're Caleb, cheers. cheers. This, oh, that was kind of so. Oh, it was, these glasses dense. aren't. These glasses aren't very good. Right it's, now, we're at. Um, we are overlooking New York City. Times Square. Um, East Times Square. I can see... Um, oh, I can't read that Japanese language. I can see some buildings. Visa. Bank of China. It is not Japanese. It is Chinese. <laughs> but we are enjoying... <laughs> racist. Probably. Um, <laughs> uh, we are enjoying a cocktail at the... We're at the, at the Hyatt-centric hotel. Because we are in eccentric. Midtown. Because we are eccentric. Can we yes. take a sip? Oh, yeah, take a sip. Um, my, we are at a hotel because my mother is actually coming to visit. The Donegal. The Donegal Maddox. So I checked into the hotel between shows on this Sunday afternoon. And what a gorgeous Sunday afternoon. It's beautiful out. I'm going to tell you, Caleb, I'm living for this weather. It is giving me almost fall. Pre-fall workout. It's so good. (laughs) Yesterday I laid out, I have a secret park in Inwood. It's by the Indian Road Cafe. Mm -hmm. Um, and I laid out for four hours so nice reading i was listening to podcasts mm-hmm. i was sudokuing so I was good, good for your it was uh, had my my shepherd boy hat on and you was, were that you were that girl i was that I girl it. with my neckerchief that's the way to do it look you know, get the summer look in while you can i know i've been loving it i've been loving like not fully drenching myself with sweat just by stepping out of the house mm-hmm. it's been really really nice i'm actually cold when i'm sleeping at night now it was hot for me yesterday, but I tried having the AC down a little bit. So I think that was part of it. Um, mm. It didn't necessarily... It wasn't as high as it needed to be. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was good. You know, I, on summer days like this, the perfect cocktail. Oh, right. Something nice and light. Today we're enjoying a little vodka soda with a splash of cranberry. Mm-hmm. For very, the, from Absolute, they support very, the gays. Very classic. They do support the gays. Mm-hmm. And... Um, it is in honor of our special guest this week. It's mm-hmm. his favorite drink, Ricky Hines. Yeah, Richard it's J. Hines. Richard J. Hines. Yes. We know we call him Ricky. Mm-hmm. Um, choreographer, director, director extraordinaire, extraordinaire. Worked on a million Broadway shows, and we and some of our favorite Broadway shows. Some too. of our favorite and some of our favorite off Broadway shows. Mm-hmm. So we are so excited to get to talk to him today. That's going to be, be really shortly. Fun. He will be here shortly. Shortly, <laughs> we are really fitting in this. Um, this into a short amount of time. I gotta tell you, folks, be fully honest. Um, we, of course, we are new at podcasting, which means we are new at scheduling podcasting. Yes. <laughs> 
So we are squeezing this in into the only spare time we have. So cheers. Very exciting. Um, How's your week been, Caleb? Good. Uh, I wanted to, uh, so I was cleaning, I was doing my dicky dusting Uh today, earlier, down in, um, near Washington Square Park. Yes. And when I was walking back, I was FaceTiming my family, but I had to stop. There was a man covered in pigeons. Like I saw your story. Like pigeons, like awful, all over him. Awful. And I was just like, oh, the diseases. It wasn't just pigeons. There was like regular birds too. Ugh. Small birds, but also pigeons. Like that. The way the, the most. Uh, I have multiple pigeon stories here. Mm-hmm. One, I checked the. Is there a pigeon in here? I think it's on your AC unit outside. <laughs> I'm always like, get off! I bang, I bang on the my window and they're, they're shitting on my AC oh unit. My and they're just, they're just like, and then when I'm having sex, they're like, <laughs> so I just imagine all these pigeons on this man pooping all over him. He's got so many diseases. Oh my gosh. People were taking pictures of him. I took pictures of him. I just said, nope. That was awful. Yeah. Uh-uh. No I, way. I hate pigeons on my AC unit. I would not want them crawling. No. Flying, flocking all over me. Doing anything, no. to be honest. Mm-hmm. I'm not here for pigeons. Not here for pigeons, no. Yeah. no. Anything else new? I've had the apartment to myself. So oh. last night I ordered Domino's because they yes. are across the street. Picked it up. So I got a large fun. pizza with three toppings. Seven ninety-nine. Domino's is so good. So good. And now they have like that the little tracker. stair steps, and you get oh that one. Uh-huh. You can go to the store and actually watch them make it too now. Ooh! And my new location, they have a little like stair step for like little chefs, oh, and they cute. can watch. That's adorable. Yeah. Um. And I watched her for the first time. <gasps> okay. Now this is one of my favorite movies. Yeah, and I knew it came out in what? We watched it in college. I saw you it in watched it in college. I did it, and I've been very far behind. And I loved it. It is one of my favorite it's movies. It's such great, like, social commentary. Yeah. It's really, really good. Um, yeah. It's so crazy. Just technology and... Imagine. If you haven't seen it, I highly recommend it. Yeah. It's Joaquin Phoenix, right? Oh, I couldn't tell you. I'm awful. Oh, I think it is. Correct us if we're wrong. We'll get our people on that. But, um, I'm pretty sure Scarlett Johansson. Scarlett Johansson plays the voice of his artificial intelligence system, which actually... Um, have you seen... I've been seeing lately that um, some artificial intelligence things on, like, Facebook and Google, they've had to be shut down because they started developing their own language uh-huh. and communicating between artificial intelligence. Well, that's what she was doing. Yeah. They're so smart. Is that they can, yeah, they were able to communicate or date other other artificial intelligence. Yeah. It's really interesting. Yeah. And, uh, and really, actually, I think, going to be part of our future sooner totally. than we Totally, yeah. Um, but that's a great movie if you yeah. haven't seen it. It's beautifully shot too. I love the colors and, and the styling is very up your alley because it's like it's like kind of like seventies influence, exactly. but also like really modern. Yeah, it's so good. I was looking at all the colors of their apartments and their windows, mm-hmm. and like all their pants were very high waisted. Like their pants yeah. sat up a little bit higher. I'm just like the little details, you know. Mm-hmm. It makes it a great movie. Yeah, you know, I just wanna you wanna overall. Vision. Yes. It had its vision in it. Yes. And it sold me. So that's my opinion. What did you in it? Um, not too much doing the show. Um, you know, just busy, busy at work. Um, it's been good. I'm excited for my mom to be here. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm really too. excited for her to 
be in New York again, and we'll hang out. Do you have any, like, um, outings, events, plans? Nothing big planned yet. We're going to go to breakfast on Tuesday with Michael, and we're going to see Ben. She's going to see the show again on Monday. Mm-hmm. That'll be um, sh- um, number six? Six or seven. Wow. She's seen it a lot. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. um, but I'm excited to see her. Um, went back to Pot Bar this week. Wow. Mm-hmm. You love it. You should take your mom to Pot Bar. It was delicious. Maybe we will. Well, I might have to, because what's new for me is this week I decided... That comes September 1st, I am beginning Whole30. I've thought about doing this too. I'm going to do it. So what are you doing it for? Are you doing it for the fame, the glory? Yes, for the posts. Do it for the gram. No, you know, you're doing it. This is Whole30. This is me. (laughs) No, I'm doing it just because I kind of like, you know, I had a hard July and Mm -hmm. August I was kind of recovering from it. And um, I think knowing myself and like my habits when I get kind of down I think it's best for me to just, like, cut out all the crap. So, no alcohol, no sugar. How are we supposed to talk? Well, I'm going to be doing I'm gonna be doing a lot of mocktails. I'm, I think that'll be a fun thing, too. A mocktail. Yeah, a lot of... I'll just be over here boozing with our guests. Yeah, like... I'll just be doing a lot of different, you know, I'll try to make some fun, like, fake cocktails. Okay. Um, so that... Some virgin daiquiris. We'll go back to the college days. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right, when I didn't drink. Yeah. And, of course, you didn't Shots drink until you were 21. Exactly, right, Mom? I didn't drink. Um, so, yeah, I'm starting that on the 1st. I'm really, really excited. Um, I'm kind of, like, gearing up for that now. I'm trying to, like, have my last my last suppers, yeah. you know, before I finish the... Um, do the, it for a month. The, the cupboard of... Yeah, wheat. I'm going to have to get a lot of stuff. Yeah. But I think I'll be able to do it. I've had a lot of friends who've done it, um... And they, they love it. They, they become like little I think I'll feel great. I think I'll feel great after. Mm-hmm. And so, so stay tuned on the podcast because I will probably be um, either miserable or really happy and Send, I'll be yeah. talking about it yeah. for sure. Maybe, um, can you be Whole30 and still vegan at the same time? Yes, that would be hard. Because oh. it's, it's mainly like, um, it's mainly meat and it's mainly protein. And oh, right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so you could do it, but... <laughs> I don't know. Um, <sighs> we want to talk about um, Miss Swift, Miss Taylor Swift, mm-hmm. this new song. So we thought about we thought about doing like a segment where we do where we talk about something that's trending in the world, mm-hmm. right? And then give our thoughts on it. And, yeah. and this is called your Daily Dicky. Okay. Some Ooh. kind of song. I don't know. We'll get it figured out. Taylor Swift. She so she had a lot of like. Umph. What's the word I'm looking for? Um, she's like, coming soon. Mm-hmm. My new song is coming out um, Thursday at midnight. There's a lot of like, a lot and of she publicity. Like a she's snake. a snake. Yeah, yeah she's a, a snake. smart businesswoman. Yeah. Um, and so the song dropped, and then we've listened to it. Mm-hmm. I've listened to it. I want. I want to get a, like a full rounded opinion. I listened to it maybe four times. I've listened to it a few times. Once, like, um, like in my headphones out of it because you know you get a different sound when you're like yeah. listening to it when yeah. you're in the car or when you're walking um and i think it's um a new taylor swift mm-hmm. um i think i love taylor swift i've always i've always been a taylor swift fan I mean, she's a great songwriter i, I said, like what she has done with her career yeah i've been hooked since uh teardrops on my guitar yeah i was there through red queen. i'm a country queen dusty roads um i've always been a taylor swift fan from teardrops on my guitar through mm-hmm. red 1989. I loved it all. So this one, um, 
And of course, we haven't heard the album. We haven't heard the album. So it's just a, a single. single. Um, and I think um, no matter what, people are going to hate it. They're going to love it. And people She's always love, been polarizing. People love to hate Taylor Swift. Mm-hmm. Even if they like the song. That's what the song's about. Yeah. They love to hate her. So they're going to hate on it no matter what. And she's just doing her job. She just has to work harder to yeah. win people over. And, and like, sure, if you don't like it, we're still talking about it. We are still talking about it. Um, but yeah, like, I agree. I think, I personally, so this is what, you know, and I've talked to a bunch of people about this because I have an opinion on it. Yep. And I wanted to hear other people's opinions. Um, I, she is, this is what, Taylor has made a career off of is writing songs about the mean girl in high school or about her Mm ex-boyfriend and it's kind of what what her brand has been built off of it's what her fans have come to expect from her yeah so I understand that she is in fact just doing her job just doing what she's always done and it's kind of on brand to me I don't I'm not responding to this song Mm mm-hmm just because I think it kind of comes from a place of vengeance. It seems yeah. a little petty. And I just think that right now in our climate, like, that's kind of... I don't know if that's an, a responsible way to to put things out into the world. Or is she coming across as a strong woman who says, don't fuck with me, even though I'm a I, woman? I think she was a strong woman in um, 1989. Mm-hmm. I think that's when she adopted her, like, feminist... Her feminist, like, squad, yeah. like, mentality... And I feel like now she's kind of, it feels like she's gone backwards. It feels like this is a petty way of dealing with the hate that has come her way. Mm-hmm. And I understand reclaiming it, and she is the queen of reinventing herself. Totally. She always has. If you can go from country to top 40, she's a pop superstar. Ones. Yeah, she is. And so it's just, I just don't know if I, I don't respond to the song. I don't like it. Um, she's always smart. She'll always be a good musician. Mm-hmm. But... This song, for me, missed the mark. And I'll be interested to see, like, what the album has to say. But yeah. right now, I'm not um, yeah, I'm not so, on board with her message right now. We were talking about it earlier this week, and we just said how, like... I was talking about this, some other people, maybe, too. Um, Kesha just, like, quietly, like, dropped her singles. Mm-hmm. And we woke up, and we were like, what, there's a new single? Well, Taylor Swift had to be like, I'm yeah. dropping a single. But, like, to, yeah. to Kesha had a bigger comeback to come from. Yes. But also... We loved every single one of Kesha's singles. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like they came from a place of, like, overcome and, yeah. and be stronger and and make it, and live your life despite the things that people say about you, yeah. despite the adversity you face. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like that, that may be what she's trying to say with this new song, but for me, it didn't come off that way. It yeah. came off as, um, as, like, handle it like this like be kind of petty and aggressive and vengeful and it, it just it's just not uh it's not the tea for me personally yeah okay but write in your thoughts if you if you like it if you have a different opinion mm-hmm. um please please let us know i mean email us at equity one podcast at gmail.com and we will we will talk about it yeah or tweet at us we gotta get this tweeter going yeah come on tweet at us folks follow us on all platforms yeah um well, I guess let's uh, let's hit let's it. Let's do it. I'm so excited. Now is time for a our weekly segment. You know it. You love it. <laughs> Match madness. <laughs> All right, 
So today for Merch Madness, I decided to have a special Christine Ebersole edition. Oh, I love it! I love it of Merch Madness. Okay. So I have two shirts to review Uh here, and um, the first one, first of course, we love Christine Ebersole. We do. Caleb and I have been obsessed with Great Gardens since college. And we um, we saw War Paint together. Yes. We just love her. We've, she's my she's queen. been a big part of her. Yes. Yeah, she's so amazing. So today I thought I would do that in honor. And my mom loves her too. So she does. in honor of my mom coming into town, I thought I would do the Christine Ebersole edition. I have two shirts in front of me. One of them here is my Grey Gardens T-shirt, which is like oh my god, vintage now. It's a black. It's a black T-shirt. I've had this since high school. It's a black T-shirt. It has the Grey Gardens logo on it in in um in that like in like a metallic silver. It used to be shinier, and now it's kind of faded, which I kind of like. With a little like calligraphy. Yes. And swoops. Really, really pretty. I'll post pictures of it on the Facebook page so you can see it. Oh, I love. And on this. the back, on the back under the neck, it says GG established 1897, which I think is kind of cool. Yeah. It's very vintage uh, looking now. I mean, especially now I got it in when I was very young. Before 2010. And um, so I love this shirt. I love it very much. Yeah. I'm not going to give my rankings yet. Okay, I'm going to save it. Yeah, yeah. Then I have my more recent purchase, mm-hmm. which is my War Paint shirt. Now, War Paint's still playing on Broadway at the Nederlander. Yes, at the Nederlander Theater. We had so much fun when we saw it. We loved War Paint. Yeah. It was great. They, those ladies are incredible. Stunning. Um, this shirt, I really like this shirt. It's a black t-shirt, short sleeve, and the War Paint logo, if you haven't seen it, it's different shades of pink, pink. and red, and um, it's... Sunset pink and pomegranate pink. Yeah, it's blush and bashful. You might say, um, Elizabeth Arden pink. Mm-hmm. Pink. <laughs> um, this shirt is really cool. I like the way the colors go together. I like it too. I don't have any show shirts like this that are kind of like, the, where the logo is like mm-hmm. this, like different colors like this. I think it's so cool. Um, it fits me well, and um, it's organic cotton. It's so soft. Um, I love my Grey Garden shirt. It has been with me for a long time. She's an old dog. She is. I love her so much, but I think in this heat, my war paint shirt, I love is this war paint. It's it's very striking. It is very striking. I just have so many fond memories of. We had just a great. We had time. a great time. I love the colors. I just think the colors are really bright, vibrant, and I yeah. like how they look on the shirt. So this shirt gets a, um, I would say a four and a half on the yas meter. I would agree. Yeah. Yas. Yas. Yes. So that is this week's edition of Merch Madness. Um, and what I'm going to start doing, I'm doing it this, I've already done it, so if you're listening, I've already done it. Okay. Um, but I'm going to start posting a poll, a weekly poll on our Facebook page and our Twitter to see um, which shirt you all think I will pick to be my favorite, to be the winner of Merch Madness. Ooh. And then, so that way we'll have an idea of like if if you know my tastes, uh-huh. and I think it'll be a fun way for everyone to be interactive. Great, I agree. Can't wait to vote. I can't wait either. Right. And now, I think he's here. We're gonna welcome our special uh, guest, Ricky. Hi. All right, our special guest has joined us. Yes. Yeah. 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 
Richard J. Let's call you Ricky. What do you like to go by? Ricky's good. Ricky. Okay, let's go. Cheers, my Cheers. I made this one myself. I was scared too. How is it? It's nice. It's nice. Okay. Oh, there we go. Already. Welcome. Thank you for coming to our podcast. Instead of how no real party like hotel party. Yes, because we're in the hotel. You felt weird. A little strange, like calling calling up. We are in a hotel looking out a window. Yeah. We're talking about it's a great side view of Times Square. Yeah. Of life. But anyway, Ricky. Yes. Here, if if you don't know who Ricky is, choreographer, director extraordinaire, worked on several Broadway shows. We will talk about all of that. But. We kind of just want tell the people how you got started. What young Ricky? Yeah, that's why I want to know, little Ricky. Uh oh, getting like, into the world of theater. Theater. So my uncle and aunt met on a cruise ship. They were dance partners. Fell in love. Got married. Aww. Opened a dance studio in Connecticut. And so when I was about four, pulled me in, and they were like, "You're coming with us, kid." <laughs> started dancing. Uh, Loved it. My sister did it for about a year when she was about seven, and it was the most miserable year of her life. Um, so she... Classic, I can do that. Is now a teacher. She's gone. She ain't doing that shit. Um, and then I spent my sophomore, junior, senior year of high school at a boarding arts high school in Michigan called Interlochen. Yes. Oh, camp. I, well, I went to their camp eighth grade and freshman year. Oh, I meant the movie camp. Oh, so well, it's it's, oh, right, yeah. Well, no, camp is... Um, isn't that, um, isn't that uh, oh my gosh, the other one, Stage Door. Stage Door, yes. Stage door. But it's totally the same thing. Yeah. Um, and then I applied for eight schools for musical theater and got rejected from every single one of them. Good, 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 good. So, Did you keep the rejection letters? Uh, no. <laughs> I think I cried and wiped my tears away with them. Yeah. And then I moved to New York, like, the summer out of high school. And my mom was like, okay, you have one year, like, either figure it out or find a new career. And you sort of figured it out. I kind of figured it out. <laughs> Luckily, I got a job real quick, uh-huh. and then it was a tour, so I was on the road um, and getting paid. So then, What tour was it? It was Greece, Das Musical. It was a European tour oh, of Greece. Yes. Um, yeah, but I, I use the word tour loosely because we were, like, my particular company, we did a five-month sit-down in Berlin a month in Munich, a month in Hamburg, a month in Vienna, and then... Were you singing in English or, like, in German? Well, I was there. It was all in English. But shortly after my departure, I believe the text was translated to German, but all the songs were still in English. And we were sponsored by McDonald's, so the (gasps) Burger Palace in the Act 2 was McDonald's. (laughs) And we had a Grease Das musical value meal, which was the double cheeseburger meal. And if you brought your badge from the show, you got it half off. So many late nights. What was the discount like? We (laughs) would go. We were just talking about Whole30. I don't think McDonald's is definitely not on Whole30. Yeah. So that was our life. Yeah. Then I came back here. What was it like so young, like touring across Europe? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I refer to it as my college years. Sure. School of life, honey. Yes. I was, at the time, the youngest person in the show. and But there were amazing people there that were like, took good care of me. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it was like my college years. Did you do... understudy anyone or were you playing like Canadian? Well, ironically, yes. I understudied Eugene. Okay. Eugene. Yeah. Eugene. And then our <laughs> Eugene was this uh, 
brilliant guy, Noah Weisberg. I don't know if you Yeah, him. he was in Legally Blonde. Yeah. And, yeah. and he got, he was totally fine, but he was like ill for quite a while. So he left the tour for like five weeks, I think, four weeks, five weeks. So I had like a really nice. fierce stint. Yes. yes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Every <laughs> Madonna musical. Yes. <laughs> Double Love cheese for Oh my God, that's amazing. Uh-huh. Yeah, so I discovered Eugene. But ironically, I'll tell you this story quickly. I con- was contracted to cover Sonny, and there's a young gentleman, he'll kill me if he ever hears this, named Spencer Jones, who's in Wicked. And he was the Eugene cover, and we were both, like, living our lives, and Noah called out one day, and Spencer, like, was like, I don't know. I don't know the track. And I was like, I do. Oops. I do. I want to cover Sonny. I want to cover Eugene. So they let me go on. And then they totally just switched our covers, and then Spencer ended up having to cover Sunny, and then I got to keep the Eugene cover, which is fine because Spencer didn't yeah. know the other one anyway. So, <laughs> no, just always be no prepared. Good, right? You never know. Never. Yeah, because we had only been open like, I mean, not even like a month, you know. So yeah, you like, but even if you don't have rehearsal, not <laughs> it can happen that fast. Anything mm-hmm. can happen. Yeah, so that's my Grease Dolls musical. Live on stage story. And then you came back to the city after that. Yeah, came back. Um, and then, like, pretty quickly after joined the Nanak uh, tour of Fosse. Mm-hmm. Did that for a full year. And did the Nanak Cats tour for about eight months immediately after that. Just a touring baby. You saw touring, America. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, one night only. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then I got We Will Rock You, the Queen yeah, Music yeah, of yeah. Vegas. Yeah. And then... I got my equity card, and then I lived in Vegas for, that was my other college years. Uh, Wait, how was that? Okay. I've heard about Vegas. Living in Vegas, though, because I've been to Vegas. It is uh, unlike anything I've ever done in my life, where you basically sleep until 6 o'clock at night, you wake up, you do your show, and then you just party. And anywhere we go, we would be like, oh, we're with We Will Rock You, and of course, we had a beautiful cast. I think we had like 42 people in the cast. It was massive. And they would just set us up with, like, table service um, right in the front of the club so that we would be the first thing people would see as they walked in. And then they would just take care of us all night. We would get home at about 5 in the morning, 6 in the morning. You would sleep. Truly You'd wake up and do it all over again. Yeah. And our schedule was weird because I think it was on Friday and Saturday. I may be totally messing this up, but it was something like our second show was at, like, 11 p.m. And they were two hours with no intermission. So we weren't getting out until 1 then by the time you get ready and go out, we yeah. weren't, like, getting to the clubs until, you know, like, 2 o'clock in the morning. Oh, my God. So it was, like, late nights. That's, late that nights. is, like, a completely different lifestyle. I mean, yeah. not so different from, like, the Broadway lifestyle, but a little bit. Well, the thing that's odd about it out there is there's no other thing to really do. So it's not like you have right. auditions. Sure. You don't have work. You don't, like, you're literally in this bubble of your show yeah. and nothing else. And if you are trying to seek something else, you have to go, you have to travel, you know, you'd have to fly to LA or fly yeah. to New York, but yeah, it was never like we had any like life responsibilities. Were you just like super tan yeah. all the time and just like... I was, yeah. <laughs> that we all lived in like a gated community, the whole cast was like Melrose How Place. How far was that? Was that right off the strip or was it... Yeah, it was like right? a 10 minute drive. Oh my God, that's so interesting. <laughs> Another interesting story, and if our producers hear this, they would probably be angry, but it's many years later. <laughs> we got we got these like rental cars, mm-hmm. and it was three people to a rental car. Uh-huh. I didn't have my license at the time. I had my permit. 
Um, and it just so worked out that the other guys that I shared my car with, one was from L.A., and then the other was Tim McGarrigal, who transported his own car because he was like, I'm not going to share. And the right. other guy, Jay yeah. Tapon, had his own car shipped out. So somehow, in some weird twist of fate, I, without a driver's license, <laughs> ended up with my own private car. And everyone was like, how the hell? You don't even have a license. I was like, bye. I'm going to the mall. And then everyone else is like clown carring, uh, you know, out of their car. Oh, I was just like, funny. I'll, I'll just pick you up. Don't worry. Yeah. I was like, someone want to borrow my car? The $25,000 uh, question, did you ever get your license? I did when I was... The studio license. I know. Yeah. 20... Five. I think I got it when I was 25, 24. Because at Interlochen, they don't, you can't right. drive. No. So they don't offer driver, driver's ed, and then I moved right here after, so I never had to. There's no need for it. Yeah, and then finally, like later, like a year after we rocked you, I got another sh- a show as a performer where mm-hmm. I had my own car, and like I actually had to, like, for real, drive. Oh, license, yeah. It was in, out in San Jose, so we were, like, commuting and stuff. So I was like, oh, okay. I hate driving. It's my least favorite thing. I kind of miss it. I'm still really not great at it, and all my friends know that. I'm pretty bad, and I've been doing a lot of cross-country driving, and I'm just bad. Cross-country? Road trip? Cross-country. When did like, you get your license? When? Like, at, so, oh, no, so you know when you were 15 and a half, 15 you and your attempts. <laughs> and then at 16, you got your license. Yes. And now is it still that, or don't don't you have to do like a year with state by state in yeah. car? Aren't you yeah. at sixteen, and then you can like you have some restrictions? My permit was a little bit longer. I got my actual permit at sixteen, and then had it had like my permit for six months, and then had like an intermediate license, which was like you can drive by yourself, but you can only have like two people in the car. Like one has to be related to you, yeah. sure, and like you had a curfew. Oh. But I, but yeah, I mean, that's how we got around. I had to have my license to get anywhere. Yeah, we did. The nice thing was, by the time you were doing it at twenty five, it was so easy. I literally just yeah. went in, drove with the guy for like ten minutes. He's exactly. like, okay, okay, you're fine. Yeah, right. Yeah, you don't do the pretzel driving, the park. No, I hated that. It was like I had to like oh, I parallel park between two cones, like drive in a circle yeah. and then like park into like a regular parking yeah. spot. Yeah. And call my test was so easy. There weren't even like cones. You I just saw a car, and I just like. Parallel parts like there was another car. Um, <laughs> like, and check. I almost didn't pass mine because I wasn't turning my blinker on soon enough. Oh, Semantics. Yeah. I know. So forever in a car with you, we'll be like, turn your blinker on. <laughs> okay. It's like three miles away. It's going to cost you your life. <laughs> the blinker's on and waiting. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> whatever. So you finally get your driver's license. And, <laughs> and then, do come true. And, and, and <laughs> tell us about your... Um, kind of your transition from performing into choreography. Sure. So when I very first moved here, I like pretty religiously took Annie Blankenbuehler's class. And yes. He was a massive mentor to me when I moved here. And he was beginning his own personal life transition. I was like, I want to do what that guy's doing. Um, and so I had like helped him with some like pre-pro and stuff. And then I just like asked him out for coffee one day. And I was like, I don't, you know, I want to do what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And he was like, well, you're kind of young to to make this transition. If you're, like, really serious about it, you have to, like, really be serious about it. But you can't be, like, reaching out to all these people and then, like, going on tour for a year. And then, you know, they call you and you're not available. Yeah. And I was like, okay, cool. He's like, think about it. And then, like, a few weeks later we met up and I was like, I'm totally serious about this. I really want to do this. And he's like, okay, well, I have a project. Um, and then he asked me to be his assistant on It's a Wonderful Life, the musical at Paper Mill mm-hmm. Tech House. Mm-hmm. 
And it was amazing because then here is my mentor and I'm watching his process. Yeah. And then sort of in the middle of it, his show, The Apple Tree, got like uh, greenlit to come to Broadway like pretty immediately. So there was a large chunk of tech that he was not there. And you're like, oh, I was like, I'm oh, running this. <laughs> with this amazing director, Jimmy Brennan. Yes. yes. Turntable. <laughs> And as you do. And it was great. And like, he knew that I was sort of like new to this, but also was like really good about giving me the responsibility to learn. Yeah. Um, Because he is a dancer turned. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. He can kick too. (laughs) And he can work a turntable. Yeah. And then that was like pretty much, I would say then within about like, Six months of that experience, I had completely stopped auditioning. Wow. Um, I had done, like, this industrial with this woman, Lisa Stevens. It was, like, a Bollywood. And then, like, this is, like, how fast that will happen. As I finished that, one of the guys in the show was like, oh, you're, like, trying to do, like, choreography. You should email Lisa because she just moved here from London. She doesn't have a big, like, assistant pool. And I emailed her, and within, I would say, 72 hours from that email, I was signing my contract to be her associate on High School Musical, the stage show. Oh, wow, crazy. Yeah, she was like, actually, I have this gig. I had an associate when I was in Atlanta, but she got a TV show. She's gone. I need somebody to start, like, ASAP. Yeah. Can you do this? I was like, I think I can. Um, And then, yeah, and it was like, full out. Yeah, and I was with that show for, like, Maybe four years, because we did the U.S., we did the U.K. tour, I set an Australia tour, and then we came back and set a, like, a mini second U.S. tour. So it was like... I'm going to say a random fun fact out. that I learned in college. I don't know if it's true, so whatever. Uh-oh. The theaters were having so much success with High School Musical that when the second one came out, they were like, it's going to be a hit, we're going to sell all these tickets. And it wasn't a success. Were you part of the second one? That's a true story. I... Was not, because while the second one was being set up in Atlanta, I was setting up the Australia one. So You weren't involved, and then all these theaters tried to do the second one, and it, like, shut down theaters. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? That is crazy. It's like the fad wore off. Everyone was like... And then by then, there was, like, the third movie was already Uh, out. People were like, I'm not going to spend $100 to go see a stage show. I can Mm -hmm. see the movie for... Or not for my cable bill. Yeah. Yeah, it was sad how, Mm because there was, there was a UK tour of it that ran for, I think, like six months, but the big plan for the US tour got like, just never happened. Yeah. Wow. So just crazy how like, for the UK, it was the highest grossing tour in history, I think, up until like three years ago, I think Wicked broke Mm -hmm. it maybe. Um, And here it was like smashing these crazy records, you know, in the US. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The second one can't even like yeah happen. It's wild. Yeah, lightning doesn't always strike twice. No, no. no. But for you, <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, <laughs> sound yeah. Oh, we oh, we, we can sound do. effects. Okay, okay, you want a sound effect? Don't worry. <laughs> Say another sound effect. <laughs> do, 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 do. I want uh-huh. thunder. Great. Okay. Great. I'll uh, I'll tell me how it Um. Um. When did so you, you worked on High School Musical. It sounds like you really just kind of like reached out to people because I know everyone's kind of yeah. journey to being an associate or to like building your career as a choreographer is different. So it sounds like just kind of the magic for you was just reaching out and yeah. saying, 
This is and more I times want. than not, I find people that is the journey, right? Because yeah. like every person has had that person to them in their lives. Like mm-hmm. totally. for me, that was Andy, but I'm sure he had two, three, four other people that were that to him. Um, and everyone needs that position filled. You know, yeah. everyone, that job always exists and people are always excited, or at least I am and the people I work with, to find and nurture and sure. yeah. help those new people because we all were those people at right. some point in our journeys of life. Yeah. yeah. What was it? Um, we're going to transition now into uh, like... Our favorite shows. Our, some of our favorite shows, yes. Okay. Um, we, I think it was the first show I saw when I moved to when New York. here. Was Here Lies Love. Oh, yeah. We're obsessed with it. <laughs> yes. Which for you seems to be kind of the gift that keeps on giving. Oh, always and sort of always very spontaneously. production. You're like, oh, okay, okay. What's so, like, talk a little bit about like the environment it was in, and like it was an interesting process for me to come in because when I joined the show, the show was already complete. It was finished. Mm-hmm. I had done many, 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 many workshops. And there was, or it had already done its run at the public, and now it was going commercial. And there was a brilliant associate uh, director named Andrew Scoville, and then uh, an amazing choreographer, Lizzie, the men who were already attached to it. Mm-hmm. The director, Alex, I had just worked with him, and he wanted me to come into the process because now that it was doing more sort of long-term endeavors and journeying, he knew that that was sort of my experience was doing rollout of shows and putting in covers and other studies. So we felt like all three of us together could really make a, a strong team. And so it was a little scary at first because I just came in and I was like literally watching tech for the remount at the public and just learning oh. the show. And I was like, oh shit, okay. Like learn this and you don't know where to look or where to start. No, There's... if you didn't see it, it's all around and the stage is always yeah. like moving. moving. You never know what's- You're moving. The audience, audience moves yeah. with yeah. the show. Um, so I can't, I can't imagine learning that in tech. It was, it was yeah, like crazy. Your, it was crazy. Like your traditional yeah. stand on no. six. Yeah, yeah. No. And there's like not numbers. There's no. not, it's just stand on platform A, stand here, don't get hit by the lights and da da Um, but then I came into the family and was, uh, received with open arms from everyone in that cast and company. And then, yeah, and then went on to set it with everyone out at the National in London, mm-hmm. and then we just did a remount of it out in um, Seattle. Yeah, I saw that. What is it like putting it up in different spaces? Because it seemed to be kind of spatially specific in the public. It was, though, they were pretty similar. Like, the National okay. was, I think, almost an exact replica, uh, just like 10 feet longer. Okay. So great. for us, what it meant was there were certain like dance breaks where somebody had to get from one side of the theater to the other, where we had to immediately tape out a space and mark it in time to make sure there was enough music because the score was all pre-recorded. Yeah. Sure. Okay. And there were a couple moments where we were like, "Oh, that's, that's not really you right. can't make it there. We need to add a count of eight of music here." Yeah. So all of that had to get processed before we wow. even started rehearsals in London, so that the track would. Um, Exist and then the production in Seattle was almost like an exact carbon copy of London, where we had put in some new choreography and some uh, new stuff. But the cast at the National in London was amazing. Uh, Lindsay Levine, our casting director, they went and got people from everywhere. So our cast, there were people from the Philippines, Manila, 
We had some people from Hong Kong. We had people from England. It was this really beautifully diverse uh, cast of people that you know were from this place. Like had literally got they knew the history. Yeah, the day before to come to rehearsal, we're like, that's amazing, and that must have like brought so much more to the experience getting like fully people that got on a plane. Yeah, it was interesting. Yeah. Um, and the guy who played our Marcos at the national, he had won like their equivalent of American Idol over there and through his press people was able, don't ask me how to get a sit down meeting with Imelda Marcos before he came and he filmed it. Wow. Um, yeah, just like him sitting with this woman and her telling him her side of it all and what it all meant. And then here he was like playing her husband. (laughs) Wow. Did, did they ever hear from, you know, her people? I think see? we had a family relative, I want to say maybe a niece or a daughter or somebody saw it at the National, mm-hmm. um, but no, no, we didn't really, not to my knowledge, I never saw anything that came in. No, from, like a yeah. statement or anything else. No, mm-hmm. whether they felt that it was historically accurate or not. Sure. Like, mm-hmm. um, I, I never saw anything on my end. Well, it's so good. Caleb, whenever I don't text Caleb back right away... I have a screenshot of, of, why don't you love me? me. (laughs) (laughs) I'll send a whole bunch of texts and I'm like, why is it fine? Send that picture. (laughs) That's right, guys. Yeah, but, so we love it here. It's it's definitely a reference in our friendship. It's a very, like, like, type of my life. I remember exactly where I was when I saw it. Like, I can remember places where I was walking, listening to it. Like, yeah. Yeah, and that album is fantastic. So great, yeah. Of course, I love David Byrne, and so when I knew he was attached to it, I was like, oh, it's so good. Yeah. yeah. It's just such great music. And, and he was so invested in every company of the show, yeah. everywhere. Um, is he just, like, the coolest? He seems like he'd be so cool and so kind of weird. He, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't say weird, but, like, there's so much history. That man has seen... Mm-hmm. So many things, and like you talk about Studio Fifty Four and that wow. whole lifestyle, where for me it's only things I've read about or seen in movies. And yeah. he's like, "No, I was at that club with mm-hmm. X person and X person, you know, dancing and partying." And you're like, "Holy shit, that's like that's so you cool. know that that's, yeah. you are you know that world." Yeah. Well, I think the obvious yeah. thing that we should talk about is probably your relationship with Jeff Calhoun. Sure. And how that came to the mega hit that was. <laughs> Newsies. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we both to see Jacqueline Hyde. We did. We did. We had a great time. We did. We had a really good time. Uh, yeah, Jeff, I met at a summer theater camp in 1998. He was my acting coach. It was a program called Broadway Theater Project. Sure. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I think still exists in some form, but... My year, I, I think I lucked out, are my jazz teachers were uh, Gwen Verdon and Anne Ranking. Casual. <laughs> tap teacher was Gregory Hines. Okay. Okay, yeah. My okay. acting teacher was James Naughton and Jeff Calhoun. <laughs> and then I think our uh, like musical coach was Richard Maltby Jr. Okay. Yes. And then I think uh, Dave Clemens was our sort of like cool. casting resume yeah. liaison. Uh, so just like Peter the summer Products. camp. Yeah. <laughs> here and there. Uh, but yeah, I met Jeff there. And then Jeff was our director on High School Musical where I was working with the choreographer. And he had his own associate named Coy Middlebrook, who they had done a million shows together. 
And then we had been approached to work on high school musical, The Ice Tour, <laughs> where they were teaching them all the original choreography from the movie by Chucky Claypow, who did the movie. And then they had an ice coach who was translating it to ice. And then we were coming in to implement sort of the theatrical transitions yeah. and stage elements, even though they're all lip syncing. Um, most of the people that they were lip syncing to were actually our actors from the tour that they paid to be sure. the voiceover artists. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so right before we were headed to do that, Koi got an opportunity in LA. And so Jeff was like, will you come do this? And I was like, yeah. And it was the craziest shit I've ever done in my entire life. Cause you are setting three companies simultaneous. They're blue, green, and red. Oh, wow. And you get, they have a Jersey on with their color and a number and they, one team does like the first hour 20 of rehearsal. Then you take a 10 minute break and then you come back and it's team green picking up where team red left off. And now team red is sitting in the bleachers tracking their corresponding person. Oh, and wow. Next hour da, 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 team blue comes on. So up until we were doing like full run throughs, we had never like staged the show with a single cast. With a single cast. And some of them we oh, had never even wow. seen do scenes because it just didn't, it work, just didn't work that way. Can you um, ice skate? No, I learned how to. Like, you were you watch about... it on the Olympic, like on oh, NBC every Sunday? There was, was a, there was a guy who played <laughs> Ryan in the show. His name was Adam Loosely. He had uh, large feet like me, so he gave me a pair of skates, and he taught me basically how I could just skate on and like slide and stop and give like oh. an actor a note, and then like. Hustle back. <laughs> Most of my slides, though, were me, like, grabbing onto, like, the rail on the side. Oh, because, I'm terrible. Like, the I'm awful, too. <laughs> that is so bad. We were talking about Xanadu roller skating last time. Yeah, and we, we were. bad at that. And then, oh, yeah. No, that wouldn't work for me. No. I'd be worse at ice skating because there's knives on the bottom of your feet. Yes, blades. I would fall. There it? are. And you would think, as dancers, it would be, like, a no-brainer. It's a lie. That's really hard. Well, I think it, it's totally different, right? Like, it's a completely di- different mind. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's my legs. Just think about, like, squeezing to, like, yeah. stop. And I always think of that movie, Ice Princess. Oh. When the Where one mom, mom was like, gave her buy new shoes. New skates, <laughs> and she sabotaged her, and her feet were bleeding. It's so sad. Quick story. When like, I the jump, jumping shrimp or whatever, that little one that was in it. <laughs> that was a great movie. It was silly. Hashtag the Ice Princess. <laughs> Hashtag Ice Princess. <laughs> Follow us. There was some, <laughs> there was some like pop thing that was <laughs> some pop single that Disney released with that movie. That movie. They always did. We'll play it here. Underscore. And, oh, that will be nice. Yeah, maybe we'll find. I'll try to find, find it. it. Yeah. I'm sure you find it. Yeah. No, but tell us about. <laughs> so that was that. <laughs> tell us about, that's how you met Jeff. So then we started working together, and then right, I think right. Oh no! Then after that, we worked on probably the most amazing thing I think I've ever done in my career was. Uh, the show Pippin, which we did a co-production with a company called Center Theater Group and then Deaf West Theater yeah, Company. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I had to learn sign language to like that's amazing. work on the show. Yeah. And I can spell my name in sign language, but that's about... He it. just did it to the audience. At home. <gasps> and you agree? Say, yes. Is this restroom? Uh-huh. Is this horseback riding? Uh-huh. That's fine. You're so versatile. Is this Oh, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> I said thank you. Yeah, you know, like to radio. To Yay. <laughs> uh it was amazing though. That I sounds mean, like it an incredible experience. Was just the process of putting a show together like that was like absolutely fascinating. 
and took a really long time because it just the process has to breathe yeah. open. I think it's rewarding the thought of it, like <laughs> yeah. And it was, you know, not to get too deep, but it was uh, when we started that we had one of the boys who played Theo, who was like full out 100% deaf. Mm -hmm. And his dad, who was Spanish, did not know sign language. And I'm going to totally get this statistic wrong, but the deaf community was telling me there's something like 60 to 70% of parents of deaf children never actually even learn ASL yeah. and just sort of bring them up in this like hearing community where they have to lip read or yeah. do all these things. And, you know, I think sort of like my favorite memory of the whole thing was that by the end of the process, our interpreter, the father had hired to teach him ASL because he was like, I need to be wow. able to yeah. communicate with my son more yeah. than I can do. And seeing him surrounded by this language that is his, I was like, okay, that's pretty that's, amazing. Yeah, that's that theater can have that impact. <laughs> yeah. um, so we did that out in L.A., which was just awesome. And then we did nine to five. That little gem. I, oh, I love nine to five. I love nine to five. Did you have no the, the dolly projections in it? Yeah. So we received <laughs> the <laughs> you don't know Broadway. The Broadway company closed, and they just decided to sort of revamp the whole yep. thing. And that's where our team came in. Um, and yes, we did. Um, Get that. And that's Dolly's where we introduced commentary. the Dolly yes. videos that I think now get licensed. Yes, they're still. We did it with, with the show. My favorite is the end of the show when she says, "Y'all come you, back." Yeah, if you come oh, back, if you don't like it, it. <laughs> don't don't say like keep your big mouth shut. That's what she said. <laughs> she also for the UK tour they did. It was you know a very large UK tour, and Jeff went down and filmed at the end of the show. She said goodbye to every mother and city in it. So there is this video of her that's like three hours oh, where she's like, "Good night, Edinburgh." One more time, "Good night, Edinburgh." Okay, next one. Good night, Liverpool. And she went through every. I every, love Dolly. We just laughed. We we're like, I think "You should just Liverpool might be the time get that like." <laughs> we just have to get that dub where it's like, "Good night, Liverpool." And it's just like, <laughs> The big yeah. mouth is just like moving. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So we have well, that. We love Dolly. We, we talked we, about her on her on our pilot. On her pilot. Yes. She was. She's lovely, lovely, yes. lovely. And then came Newsies. Yeah, which Jeff had never. When he got asked to do it, he had never seen the movie. Mm -hmm. He didn't really know it. And I, of course, as probably most musical theater boys, uh, was like, "Oh yeah, I don't really know." Like, yeah, I, I, I saw parts of it. <laughs> um, but it was like an amazing collaboration because through the whole thing, he was like, I'm not going to watch the movie. Oh, I was great. like, that's yeah. great. And I was like, and I know the movie really well. So he was like, we can bounce where like he can be such fresh eyes to it. And I can be like, this is that's like sacrilege. You cannot cut that because you yeah. will be really sad. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it was amazing. Yeah, we got, you know, paper mills. Huge success hit. hit. Yeah, we saw it in previews. I think and it's here or a paper mill in New York. York. Here, yeah, no. here. We were still in college. We were still oh, babies. Yes, babies. still youngins. But like, babies. I remember, I remember seeing it, and it just seemed like it was this like surprise hit. Not necessarily well, the first number it, ends, and everyone was just like, Disney, It was a, it was a showstopper. It seemed that yeah. Disney didn't know that it would have the impact that it did. We like. Day after day, we're like exceeding any expectation of what. What was so great about that when we built it, though, is like we didn't have that pressure of like coming to Broadway. Like yeah. we were very sort of quiet at New Forty Second, like doing our thing, and 
just trying to create this licensed property. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I think, and again, don't quote me on this, but I believe once by the time we opened in New York, we were the first Disney show ever to have had a ticket purchased in every single state before our opening. Wow. Like none of their shows Fun had ever facts. done that. Fun fact. Like yeah. every state. We're like, certainly not Hawaii. They're like, yes, Hawaii. Yeah. Certainly not Alaska. They're like, yes. no, yes, Alaska. We're like, Wisconsin. <laughs> um, no, because it came on, they did a performance right on on The View or something. I remember seeing it on TV. At that the, announced the paper it. mill that announced it. Yeah, so we did the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, but not as, just as. Just as Paper Mills production. Paper Mills. I think that's probably the first time someone's been like, Paper Mills production of something <laughs> on the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. <laughs> Yeah, and then we found out, well, I think some of us, I think we already knew by then that it was happening, but the cast didn't know yet. And then they made the announcement on the view. Um, Yeah. Tommy Brocco, I think, came out and was like, extra, extra. I love Tommy Brocco. Tommy Brocco. (laughs) Hashtag Tommy Brocco. Um, at Tommy Brocco. Yes, at Tommy Brocco. <laughs> yeah, and then it just happened. Yeah. And now you're going to be on Netflix. It's gone from like Caper Mill, Broadway, tour. It's crazy. Theaters, and now Netflix. Yeah, the life yeah. it's had is so crazy. Yeah. I saw it in theaters. It's the gift that keeps on giving. Yes. yes. You're like, thank you. <laughs> thank you, Nizzies. And Filming it was crazy. Like, that audience that we had in LA was. Yeah, and tell us about that because you yeah. had a lot. You had, you had like, to extra add- people. We had extra people, and the thing that was interesting was we we put it together so quickly, you know, Mm -hmm. in integrating Jeremy and Kara into this company that they had never met, and it was like, okay, everyone, here we go, add places, and Mm then the night we filmed the movie, it was awesome because Disney brought in all of, not all, I should say, a very large uh, group of the original newsies from the movie. Uh-huh. Cool. So like, we did this sort of like Brooklyn. passing of the torch. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was like... Yeah, Brooklyn was there. And we met all of them and they were like, oh, wow, like, this movie that we all did that was like this big flop that they, yeah. you know, they don't really talk about here was like... Oh, very cool. ...being recreated in front of their eyes. Um, oh, you brought people in from the newsies movie? From the original from Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm with you now. I'm with you now. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Fun fact, too, we had, we used to, Davy and Les, their mom, Mrs. Baum, used to be in the show. Mm-hmm. She had a whole scene where she brought, like, little baked goods to the boys while they were all waiting at the oh, gate. I think we did it maybe, like, for a performance or two at Paper Mill. And then it totally, like, got cut, and then she was going to, like, reappear, and it got cut, and then the brilliant Julie Fold aside, by the time we opened on Broadway, I think her track was that she was on stage for 15 minutes of the whole show. Those girls have a nice She was like, stress. best day ever! Yeah, we were like, oh, we're cutting Davy's nice mom. Show. Yeah. She's <laughs> going, Davy's mom's going away. Uh, no more baked goods. She'll always no be <laughs> Yeah. Baked goods. I'm sure the ba- I'm sure they got plenty of baked goods sent to them from schmackeries. They always the I think they had a Lucy cookie, too. I'm, I'm sure they did. Called was, the king of something or... Whatever. I'm sure. The king of cookies. King of cookies. I and their maple bacon. I love their maple bacon. I like their. They have a key lime one right now that I'm really into. It's really good. I don't go there enough. It's I mean, so good. I'm scared if I open that Pandora's box, it could be bad. Yeah, yeah that's why I'm doing Whole Thirty. <laughs> Like next month. Next month. <laughs> no, right now. Right now. <laughs> this would be a perfect time for you to open a box of cookies. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> And then let's talk about Come From Away, away which, yeah. again, again, kind of a huge yeah. hit that 
maybe it was like came out of nowhere. It Not sure nowhere because did. it had a long process. But well, it had a long process, but still, every step along the way, we were like, surely something. This is all a dream. This, this yeah, can't yeah. be real. But it just kept. Yeah, I. They had done like a couple of workshops, and then it was like going to the Hoya. And mm-hmm. Kelly Devine, the choreographer who I had worked with quite a bit, called me and was like. I'm doing this thing. It's about 9-11 and da-da-da. And then I read the script and, like, I couldn't figure it out. Like, I didn't understand yeah. how to tell this story. Um, and the fact that it was almost, you know, 85% direct address, I was like, how does yeah. that work? I've not, I've not seen that in a musical. Um, and then I think pretty instantly in the rehearsal process, we knew, like, this was something really special. Mm-hmm. And then by the time we opened in La Jolla and we saw the reaction, it was... I mean, just not like anything I had ever seen before. The response and and then the journey we've had since then was just insane. And we got to go to the town, Gander, for a week or like five days. And we did a concert for the people. And mm-hmm. you would have thought the Beatles had arrived so in this cool. town. And Oh, my God. And they were all sitting in the audience, like uh-huh. the real people that we're talking like, about. Like, I said that, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, like, when they would get their name announced, like, oh, da-da-da, Beulah, and then Beulah's sitting in the third row, and she's, like, waving, and people are, like, screaming oh. and waving Newfoundland flags around her, and um, such pride in that mm-hmm. community, and, you know, they don't get that kind of arts entertainment brought to them, and we were in this hockey rink, and we did two shows, sold out, 3,000 people at each show. That's so and they just went nuts. And then the next three, four days that we were there, we just went sightseeing. And I think literally every person in that town had seen it because clearly we looked like the out of town. Sure. Sure. <laughs> Not from here. Um, and, and people would literally just like pull over, literally as we were walking on the side of the street and roll their windows down and be like, you know, thank you for representing us and telling our story and we love you. And um, yeah, it was just, I mean, that show has been made with, like, so much love and just mm-hmm. so much respect. You can feel it. Yeah, yeah, you just... Um, and, yeah, everyone just has been taken such good care of throughout the process. And the people we meet, you know, that come to the show that have such a history with us, whether we've met people that were on those planes that got stuck there sure. that came and people that lost loved ones here. And, you know, it's it's powerful it's really powerful i loved how it's we all can connect with 9-11 but it was a different story that a lot of us have never heard about yeah and it comes up from a very like loving a different yeah what do you think yeah. about it so what's well, interesting it so too because it takes it's it's not necessarily like an american story yeah. of yeah. 9-11 it's a totally different thing that also puts it in, into perspective you know it was a world event it wasn't just something that happened to us and affected us it affected everyone yeah i mean and everyone around the world came together. Yeah. And it, it was just like, it came at the right time too in our climate mm-hmm. that people needed to see stories about people caring, coming together yeah. and caring for each other. Yeah. And our biggest hurdle coming here was just, we weren't, I mean, you can, we refer to ourselves at the, as the 912 musical because it's what sure. happened after. Yes. But that's what we can say, but that wasn't what was coming in with us as we were coming to New York, every sort of press thing was like the 9-11 music. Mm-hmm. So we were like, you know, either we're going to get here and people are just not going to be ready to want to be seeing that right, and not understand it. I mean, yeah. you're right yeah. here. Mm-hmm. And, but what our producers did, which I think 
I, I honestly believe was sort of the catalyst to the success of the show was our, they did a closed invited dress uh, for the show, our first audience in New York, and it was all first responder firefighters oh, and their wow. families Amazing. and uh, uh, police officers. And, uh, you know, in our show, we talk about the guy, Kevin, who was Hannah's son, who was mm -hmm. lost. And yes. a lot of them were from his um, station. So it was, like, very, like, yeah. direct. Um, and I think, you know, they were very smart of letting those people understand that we weren't trying to capitalize off of anything yeah, at no, all. Of course not. And most of those people in that audience had never seen a musical. Ever. Sure. You know, they don't. And now some of them have come back four or five times. Wow. Brought family, brought friends. Um and I think that goodwill and like having that energy come in with us and like having those people walk out and be like, no, you have to go see this musical. Yeah. That's something that very directly affected me helped just like spread. Yeah. You know? It's important to have that like blessing in a way. Yeah, yeah totally. Totally. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and now it's, you know, it's amazing to see people respond the way they do to the show and like, selling so we're really happy yes <laughs> yeah you should be yeah. Peter, are you playing that just for the viewers we're at the show and felt theater mm -hmm. on yes. 45th street try and get tickets good luck <laughs> no, no. i sold a few I, I got comps for it somehow i don't know how lucky early on like before we opened they were comping comping yeah they were in the seats it's smart like do it i saw it now. in um i saw it in previews as well but it was <laughs> rehearsals and I had heard a few of my cast members had gone to see it, and they were like, you got to go see this. And so I got one of, like, the last dates that Today Tix was doing for, like, nothing, like, back of the Destiny. But and that's it. And then it yeah. was done. And then it opened, and it was over. Yeah. <laughs> you could get a ticket. No, just that. letting it ride. Yeah. Um, letting it ride. I think we should have, we have a little game. We have oh, a little God. game that yeah. we want to play. So it's like, it's, uh, so if you listen to our last podcast, I don't know if you have yet. Take another step. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. <laughs> and why would you take a big dog just for fun, you know? Like, I thought, am I going to have to, does that mean I don't have to sing? Mm -mm. Um, okay, uh, we'll see. You don't have to sing. Okay. <laughs> we can prepare. Okay, so it's oh, kind of... Oh, no, there's, like, props for yeah, the audience prop. at home. I know, don't say what that is, because then we have to sponsor with them, and we can't afford that. But they're not a sponsor. If they wanted to be... They should be on it. Sponsor us. <laughs> We're looking for sponsors. Email us at equity1podcast at gmail.com. Okay, so you're going to have... So, Elliot's going to be guessing, because I know the answers. And these are shows... Oh, God. ...that I want you... And I want you to explain... The iconic choreography from it, or maybe what you would do for choreography. So, I if you want to, he has to guess what the show is. Okay. And you have 10 seconds. And you 10 to, seconds, that's it? Yes. Or for each one? 10 seconds. Rapid for, fire. For, rapid for each fire. one. Each one. Well, oh, each I one. So, we can take a break, we can giggle, we can laugh. It'll be oh, fun. I think I meant 10 seconds, get to as many as I can. Oh, no, that's no, 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 not like, not like a. What is this like celebrity where you go? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, this, um, so, you can do your own choreography that you think you would do. Wait, I'm acting out movement, or no, I'm or explaining. Or you can do either one. Explain. You know, with the story is probably better for radio. Yeah, it's like audience. Okay, but okay. you know, sometimes <laughs> you just can't explain it because you would just get so excited, and you have to do. He's warming up. Take ball change, ball change, ball change, ball change, ball change. Okay, we have lines up to that. Uh, okay, um, for the okay, here we go. So take one. And now they're folded, right? Okay. Yeah, they're folded. Ready, set, go. Oh. Uh, 
I'm falling to my knees and I'm using my core and I'm looking up at this beautiful person that is elevating over my head. Oh, no fly show. Wicked. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that was good. Okay, yeah. okay wow. Okay. Well, no fly no show. Seconds. Okay. Ready? <laughs> if anyone can make a no fly show happen, like a night that I have tickets to Wicked, I'd really appreciate it. That'd be really awesome. You. I want to see it too. Ready? <laughs> Set. Go. Okay, I'm an immense amount of physical therapy because I'm on stilts and I have shit all over my back and it's heavy, but I'm jumping and I'm praising Barnum, the um, gods and the sun stilts. of Africa. Oh, lion king. <laughs> okay, that, that, that was 16 seconds. Oh, really. well, you have to... Like, like, do you want me to stop you? I'll yeah, stop. Okay, no. Or give me like a four, three, two. Okay, I want to sweat. Okay, sweat. Go. Okay, I'm going to uh, find Mr. Bob Fosse in my bowler hat and wear all black. It's rich angles. Uh, four. Chicago. Okay. Damn it. Okay. Here we go. Here we go. Come on. You should Let's... be rooting for us. Okay, Don't ready? be mad when we get it right. Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna find a bar and a cigarette, and I'm gonna like lay my body so over. Charity. <gasps> oh, we are getting good. Okay, ready, set, go. Oh, I'm on a balcony, and I'm in a beautiful dress. And I'm gonna make sure I have strong arm oh, muscles. Oh, Evita. <laughs> okay, that was under five seconds. So, ready? oh, it's getting Okay, okay so ready, go. Oh, I have a lasso and some chaps, and I'm doing a high kick. Oh, uh, Oklahoma. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, two oh, left, so two left, two left. Here we go. Go. Oh, he's working. Okay, I'm uh, finding John Travolta, and I'm warming up my index. Oh, sorry, night fever, honey. Oh, great. Okay, this is my last one. Last one. Make last it go. One. Here we go. Set. Go. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. Shit. Oh, God. Shit. Oh, I'm dusting off my tap shoes, and I'm living my knees. Francis, 42nd Street. Yes. Yay! <laughs> Yay! So fun. Wow. That was intense. That was intense. Well, to close, Ricky, we wanted to kind of just ask you, like, you know, you are around with a lot of actors, you do a lot of productions, you do a lot of auditions. For people listening to our podcast that are, you know, in theater, pursuing their career, the or want to, what what to you um, stands out? What what do you see How do you goofy when you're auditioning stand for something? How do you, like, goofy movies you know, stand goofy out? goofy movie, like the song, and it stand out. Okay, I'm sure this is like, you've heard this like a thousand million times, but my thing is just like, just be a good person, you know? It sounds so cliche, but Jeff Calhoun, my brilliant mentor, always has this great analogy that he tells people where he's like, when I'm hiring people, in my eyes, we're going to start dating, right? Because like, we're going on this relationship together, we're going to be vulnerable, we're going to laugh, we're going to cry, we're going to share this amazing experience, we're going to have long distance, but it's like, you're dating, these people and I always have taken that with me where when I'm scouting and trying to find people I'm like you know we need to be able to have a relationship together and we see everything so even just rolling your eyes in the corner like for me that quick it's like off the list done ain't nobody got time for that I had dusted my eye (laughs) (laughs) that's why I've never worked with Kayla (laughs) Um, but yeah just just be a good person. Like this business is hard enough that there's just no room for nastiness. No, no. Um, if our listeners want to follow you, where can they find you at? On social media. Oh. If they want to, I don't know if you're private. I'm oh, private, no, no, no. but if you like, I am on Instagram and Twitter. At, I don't have Snapchat. Oh, I don't Snap At Richard J. Hines. That's it, right? And where can they dance with you if they want to? Uh, at Broadway Dance Center. You can check the schedule in there because it's not really consistent. It's not changes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 
Ricky, thank you so thank much. You so much. Thank you so much. This is fun. Thank you. Let's do a nice thing. Cheers. Cheers. Oh, no, we don't need a sound. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. Perfect. Mm-hmm. 12 minutes to spare. Wow, that was great. That was a blast. So much I love fun Ricky. I can't wait to take his class now. I know. I mean, yes. I always take his class, but like, right, right. I'm really excited to get back into class. Yeah. Step ball change, ball change, ball change. <laughs> that pretty much wraps up our episode for the week. Uh-huh. We had an idea, a suggestion from one of our listeners. Well, two. Some, your sister, Jessie, mm-hmm. who actually... We donated. She like sent us this new. Mic. If you'll notice, some of our sound is changing. We're we're learning what's best and what's not. We're trying to make it sound like we don't sound in a camp yeah. or in a cave or we're but yelling Jessie, and crackling at you. But Jesse sent us a mic, and we're very grateful. We're grateful. Thank you, Jesse. Thank you so much. And, she loves um, podcasts as well. And um, my friend Wood was saying he loves hearing us use our little inside jokes and talk about our things. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought we could maybe wrap up each episode with like. A little vocab. What like, did we learn? A little vote as uh, I think Wood suggested vocabulous as the segment oh. name. So um, here it is, okay. our segment. Wait, what did they say? Please explain. It's vocabulous, baby. We're gonna start by explaining the name of our podcast. What is that? <laughs> we, we, did, we didn't explain it because because um, you know if you're is. if you're kind of in the like if you're a performer you kind of know what a an equity one is, but mm-hmm. not everyone does. So an equity one, when you're performing and doing a two-show day, if you have a matinee and then a mm-hmm. night show, you're essentially allowed one drink cocktail over dinner. Beer. Yes. So, so it's your equity. It's one. your equity one. It's in the rule book. Is to um, is to you're allowed to imbibe mm-hmm. with one beverage mm-hmm. between. Um, and that's when, you know, a lot of your friends catch up. You go mm-hmm. get a drink between shows. And so that's why Kayla and I decided to call our podcast Equity One, because mm-hmm. that's essentially what we're doing here. Yeah. Um, so that is our vocabulous segment for the mm-hmm. week. <laughs> and um, we want to thank you again for listening. Um, you can find us. Please email us. Yes, at, feedback. Um, We've got a lot more feedback. Yeah, we, we love when more. people email us. Email in. Thanks to James and Ava and Bridget and Jesse. Uh, as the more people that talk to us, we just love hearing mm-hmm. what you think. Yeah. Um, uh, the email address okay. is equity one podcast at gmail.com. And our Instagram is equity one. Yes, at equity one podcast mm-hmm. on Instagram and Facebook. And our Twitter handle is at equity one underscore. Mm-hmm. You can follow me at Elliot Maddox, E L L I O T T M A T T O X. And me at Caleb Dickey, that's C-A-L-E-B-D-I-C-K-E. And that is another episode of Equity One. Yeah. Caleb, cheers. cheers. Until next time. That was that better. better. <laughs> Let's, you drank a little bit more. Yes. I know that way.
Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network.